Hello, friend. Thank you for joining in on our conversation today featuring Marissa Kovach. You'll be inspired by Marissa's journey to follow her dreams, all while challenging the old ideas set by the theater industry and being a great friend along the way. Welcome to Beaming. on the show. I mean, all of our guests are special, but you know, we have those special people to us. And this person came into my life during a show we did together, which I'm sure we'll cover in the episode. But she's one of those people that you kind of click with and you know that, you know, they're stuck with you for the rest of their lives. So so I'm so excited to um, present to you Marissa Kovach. Welcome. Hi, I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, I feel like I mentioned this podcast a few months ago and said, I want to have you on. And finally, it's happening. And I could not be more excited. So would we want to start off just having you introduce yourself in your own way? Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you're up to. Okay. Well, again, very honored to be here since you mentioned it. Yes, months back, I was so excited to be on the episode and to see where you go with it. I am Marissa, like you said. I am a professional actress uh, in the DMV area currently. (laughs) Was supposed to be up in New York City, but COVID changes some stuff. I'm sure we'll get into that. I graduated from James Madison University. I got my degree in musical theater, of course. Fun times. Right now during COVID, I am doing a lot of online theater, workshops, voice lessons, trying to stay busy. But as far as work, I'm just being a professional full-time nanny right now, which is fun. Not ideal, but it's it's fun. It's something and I'm happy to have any work at all. I guess maybe we should start off with talking about how we met and what brought us together, what brought us to the same place at the same time. So you graduated in 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And that summer you came back up to Northern Virginia and that's kind of where I was and we ended up being in the show together. We were in a little show called Musical Therapy, which was an experience. It was my first show out of college. So I was doing a lot of auditioning that last year, you know, trying to get something out of college. And that happened to be the first show. And it was fun and wacky. (laughs) I learned a lot from that show. I feel like we were both challenged in new ways. Like I personally had never had like a, you're more of a vocalist, but I've, I've never been a huge, huge singer. So it was one of the first singing roles I've ever had. Let it be known. Sky is a phenomenal. Okay. 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 (laughs) Well, imagine my both delight and horror when I see Marissa and she's freaking belting out these songs, like no one's business. And I feel like we clicked immediately and and it was nice having a rock during that show because it was a lot of work and we were then performing in this little church and it was great. I wouldn't change a thing except for it was just, um, it was a lot of ups and downs and we had to really adapt. So I think uh, 
we learned a lot from mm-hmm. that experience. It, it's definitely one of those shows that later in life, when you talk about your career, you yeah. talk about those smaller jobs where you're performing in a tight space. You're using your own clothes as costumes. You're a hundred percent. It's one thing when you're in college and you're just working with the same people in that college bubble. But when you get out of college, it's really just interesting. Everyone's at different levels, different places in their career and their lives. So I met Sky through it. Everything is worth it when you come out of it and you're like, oh, I have a person here. Okay. So I definitely agree. Whenever I talk to Marissa, we always like get into an emotional place where I'm like, thank God we met. Literally. We're like, oh my God. It's, it feels like we've been friends for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we kind of crossed paths in high school. Oh yeah. But not, not like directly and we like all of our friends are mutual friends yes wait I totally forget that we were in the same program and we know the same people so weird yeah we were right there we're in the same area so basically we were definitely meant to be in each other's lives because the world had to throw us together again and be like okay can you focus this time 100% it's just so nice I was literally just like ranting to my dad the other day because I told him I was gonna be on your podcast and I was like, Sky is one of the best friends I have. She like really gets me. She gets it. Like we go to auditions together and we excel. Like it's something there. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel the same way about you. And we were talking the other day about how when we go to auditions together, we automatically feel better about the entire situation. Every audition where we both are there, it's very fun. It takes a bit of the anxiousness away. Yeah. And then we almost always get called back together. And the callbacks are so... I feel like we do so great at them. I agree. When we're there, we're like dance and we're like, it's my best friend. We're here. (laughs) Yeah. I would suggest to anyone who's either a performer or who has to go put themselves in stressful situations, get yourself a buddy because it helps exponentially. And I feel like both your performance and just your overall sense of the audition. Mm -hmm. We always make sure to grab a coffee after, make it fun, give yourself a treat after you put that hard work in. Yes, I will will always be (laughs) excited to go to auditions with you. And one day we will again. So let's go back a little bit to even before we met, you went to school somewhere completely out of state. Tell us about that. So when I was junior, senior in high school, when things are getting hot and heavy with college applications and in our fields, it's kind of weird. You know, most kids apply to like five to 10 schools, I would say. But for me, because only certain schools have uh, musical theater programs, I ended up applying to like 25 to 30 schools. Oh my God. And I auditioned at all those schools. It it was wild. And so in the end, I ended up picking Ball State University in Indiana, which was lovely. I only have uh, good things to say about it and the program. I did really well there. It was a BFA program. Teachers were great and the people were great. And it just wasn't for me, the area, how far it was from where I am originally from in DC. And it's like 13 hours away. So I ended up having to leave there, which was an adjustment. Yeah. Did you have any feelings of you were giving up? What was that experience like for you making that big decision? 100%. Like 
I feel like when we grew up, it was really pushed on us to do four years in college. Yeah. That was like what your goal was at the end of high school was to go mm-hmm. to college, which is why now I'm a huge advocate for people. If you need to take a year off, if you don't think college is for you, if you think a community college is better, like I'm a huge advocate for choosing your path mm-hmm. because I think I would have taken a year off based on my comfort level. Okay. It was scary and I didn't want to leave because I, I felt like a failure. You're like, oh, you... You're not allowed to transfer schools. That's not normal. When in reality, it's very normal for people to transfer schools. So making that decision was very hard. Uh, And my parents had to really advocate for me and push me and be like, it's okay. You're allowed to do that. Hindsight, it was the best decision I made because I went to the school I really wanted to go to and it totally worked out for me. And yeah. Great. I'm so happy that you mentioned, you know, being able to take a different path if you feel like that's right for you. I feel like in the theater industry, there's, you know, the BFA, which is like serious. I mean, in my mind, I don't know. BFA friends tell me, but like in my mind, when I was applying for schools, at least it was like, this is serious. You are put to work, which yeah, BFA students work so freaking hard. It's like a observatory program. Exactly. And at the end of the day, that is not necessarily always the best opportunity or option for a young person in the performing arts. I mean, we both graduated from undergrad programs that were BA. Listen, this freaking same opportunities I feel like are thrown out. It's totally what you make of it. Yes, because experiencing both. I was in basically except for maybe a couple one credit classes, I was basically in the same amount of credits. My classes were the same, but it was maybe a little more intense by a hair, but it it is really what you make of it. I had just as rigorous and intense training in my BA at James Madison as I did my BFA. Mm -hmm. So, and and there was one uh, guy I knew in college who did the BA for a year. He left, left college, dropped out, and he immediately started getting work. He just went straight into the professional field and then worked out for him. It's really what you make of it, like what you want with your career, your training. Like now I'm kind of still wanting a bit more training. So I'm taking some classes. I'm doing some stuff. Yeah, no, that is such a huge part of growing up and deciding to go to college or deciding not to go to college or deciding what program is right for you. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like I learn the most from hearing other people's experiences. So hearing how you compare the two and what you're doing now and how much you've grown in the last few years, just putting your own work in is pretty inspiring. And it's, it's something to think about when you're making those big decisions. What are you going to put in and what do you want to get out? I'm interested in hearing a little bit about your thesis because I know we've had some big conversations about this topic and topics surrounding the theater industry when it comes to inclusion, the colorblind casting, you know, these important topics that are brought to light after people have different experiences in in the field. So would you tell us just a little about your thesis? Yeah. So we had to do a senior thesis project and uh, maybe you can tell from looking at me, maybe you can't. I'm a person who is mixed ethnicity. So in the theater world, it's very interesting and casting is already very weird and crazy. You're getting judged based off of how you look, how 
how tall you are, how small or big you are. And so to be cast also based on, you know, how light or dark you are, what like other sort of features you have, it's it's really weird and interesting. So when I did my senior thesis, I knew I wanted to make it about the theme of colorblind casting, what that means going into this sort of more progressive theater community. And we're trying so hard to cast diversely, like in shows such as Hamilton, we're trying to really push for casting what we see in the world, what you see when you're walking down the street. For some people, it gets kind of like dicey. And I, and I wanted to just write about that playing it safe. I kind of wanted to just write what are the pros of colorblind casting? What are the cons? What's that line? Where does it like there's a gray area where it's kind of weird? When is it necessary? Like for shows that the plot and the theme center around race, it's really important to cast to that race and cast accurately or try very hard to. Right. And have you personally come into instances where you were either cast in a stereotype maybe or how you look? I've been on both sides of this. So the first time where I really understood how my ethnicity plays a role in my theater career was back in high school. I played Joanna in Sweeney Todd. And if you don't know that character... Pale, blonde hair, super soprano. It it was so fun for me. But I got two comments uh, that I remember. I did get more, but the two that stuck with me for my life were my peers. One of them said, oh, you were so good. But like, you see, you were like the Mexican Joanna. And then another girl said, you're the Indian Joanna. And it was really, it just stuck with me because it was very, just like what I'm just playing Joanna. Like it, my skin color and the fact that I'm a little brown, like that has nothing to do with it. And I was so confused. Whereas on the other side of it, in college, I was cast in a role that was just a standard, like contemporary lead. Her whole thing was that she's an actress, like the lead actress on Broadway. That was just her thing. And because of my color, they wrote in, like they wrote in a line about me being 10% Lebanese or something. So I ended up actually calling my thesis. I'm one of the titles I had created like three or four titles to work with. One of them was like 10% Lebanese because it just seems like in some scenarios, my ethnicity or the way I look just comes into play even when the show's not about that. That's crazy. I mean, it's not crazy. That happens like all over the world, I'm sure. But the fact that they wrote in a line explaining your skin tone is pretty crazy. Yeah. And then when I was in college and I I wrote my thesis, because I wanted to add, I wanted to talk about casting African-American people in African-American roles and not whitewashing. And then I wanted to also delve into casting Asian-American roles or mixed ethnicity roles. But I really wanted to add a bit of everyone's experiences, including my own. And it, it was really interesting to see my peers' reactions to it. Because a lot of people, you know, they were really interested and they thought it was like very thought-provoking, a very good subject to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I had one peer who had posed the question to me, because of I'm mixed ethnicity, would I audition for In the Heights, which is about, well, mi- all kinds of uh, Latin American living in New York City. They talk about people from Puerto Rico, people from Spain. It's I love the musical. But he asked me if I would audition. And I tried to explain that I don't think I would for a Broadway call. Okay. 
but if it was in my my parents' small town of Fredericksburg, Virginia, I I might because it's really weird. Like with my ethnicity, there's no character that's 25% Italian, 50% Middle Eastern, 25% Turkish Hungarian. Like there's no mm-hmm. character that is that. So if we say that we want to cast 100% accurate to the race. And that race has to be in all of the musicals. What do I audition for? Mm -hmm. Because I can't really play like traditionally in quotes, white characters Mm -hmm. because I'm a little too ethnic looking, but I can't play some ethnic characters because I'm not 100% that ethnicity. And there's a show called The Band's Visit that I would love to be in. And I think it's just perfect for my type, my ethnicity, lots of reasons, but I'm not 100% that ethnicity. I'm like 25% that ethnicity. Does that matter? I don't know. So that's what I kind of talk about in my thesis. And I just like discussing the, you know, I don't really go into right or wrongs. I just like discussing the whole spectrum of that and how that plays into my career, others' careers. Um, Yeah. Starting the conversation is so much more important than even taking a side, just making sure that you're advocating for all different actors and different diverse mm-hmm. groups of people. Exactly. And I think I think that's amazing and brave of you to, you know, bring this topic to your school, to your peers, and then bring it out with you into the world. Obviously, we've had the conversation um, and it sparked a lot in me and even going through this past year with the Black Lives Matter movement growing this summer and basically just learning more about it and about our theater industry and how much it really needs to change in terms of just changing our values and putting more into all artists, no matter the color of their skin and creating more space for African-American artists, Asian-American artists, et cetera, et cetera. Like the conversation needs to be had. And I think theaters all over the country are having those conversations now, which is incredible. But I feel like even a few years ago, they weren't or the thoughts that were being brought up were kind of pushed to the side. So I think it's something that I can 100% keep learning about. Mm -hmm. And all of us can just keep having the conversations and doing the research. And I think that's really cool that you started your career. Basically, you were finishing college, you started your career with this these ideas and this outlook of, of wanting to know more and challenging our community because people are scared to challenge what they love. You know, that's, <laughs> it's just part of being a human. It's, it's hard. Yeah. And I've learned so much from talking to you and from our conversation. So I'm thankful for that. Let's talk a little bit about what the last few months have been like for you. <laughs> um, I feel like this comes up on a lot of conversation that I have. I feel partly it's inevitable, but also this pandemic affects people in such different ways, especially people in different careers. Someone as a mailman has a totally different experience than like a theater artist would. I would love to just hear a little bit about what you've been doing to try to stay active and what you've learned about yourself in the past few months too. Well, 
when COVID first began, it was very rough, as I'm sure it was for everyone. It mm-hmm. it was like all of a sudden theaters were closed. I went from every day looking at auditions, going to things, to doing absolutely nothing. Um, I just, I, I wasn't working. I wasn't nannying then yet because everyone was scared to have people over. Yeah. So I, I wasn't doing anything for months and it was really sad. And people get into these holes and they... It's it's just a sad time and I really hope I can inspire people to get back out there because I just had enough of it, enough of sitting around doing nothing, just thinking that theater was close forever. Instead, I decided I'm going to do what I can right now so that when theaters open up, whenever that is, I'm confident and prepared and excited. So I first looked into taking voice lessons again. And then I looked into some, I had saved up some money. So I do have to say I'm very lucky to have the money to to get these things, these opportunities. I got to take some workshops online, some classes, like acting, um, performing, audition, working on your rep, all kinds of stuff. And it, it just really lit that flame again. It made me so passionate and excited for when theaters open. Yeah. Um, and even if I, I told my, my friends, because some of my friends aren't doing a lot and they're wondering how I'm doing so much. And it regardless of if you don't have money to spend on voice lessons because I know it's expensive I found online theater groups doing free readings um play readings scene readings mm-hmm. uh workshopping stuff and and it's free and it's fun and there's a lot of it going around online if you can find it sometimes it's a bit hard but it's really kept me alive and going and feeling like I'm doing something with my career even when there's nothing to do it's a hard time for all people and artists especially are forced to really take a look at their lives and a look at what their careers could look like for the next few years and what the last few months have done to them and it's hard to see people that we love and look up to their craft and are talented, see them, you know, decide to go a different route. You know, they are taking a different path, which is amazing. And I hope that it's the right path for them. But it can be discouraging to see people moving on into different directions when your dreams are so big. And it's hard to see people do that and not think, Maybe it's time for me to find a new thing too. Yeah. I had a lot of friends who have either put their big dreams on hold or have totally changed just because of COVID and and this new world we're kind of in, totally changed their dreams. Um, Where for me, we talked about this. I am very passionate. I've been this way since I was born. And like the second I had these big aspirations and dreams, it stayed that way. And I'm kind of in the world of if Broadway is closed forever and it's gone, then I'll I'll just make a new one. I'll make a new Broadway. Everyone come to my Broadway and he'll be great. I want to (laughs) cry. I'm going to go to your Broadway. (laughs) That's something I've seen in Marissa since we met. I totally (laughs) feel like there are a million fish in the sea, but there are those bright fish that you know are going to keep swimming till they get to the top of the freaking water. That made no sense at all. (laughs) Just ignore that analogy. But 
she has always pushed me. She's always been pushing forward. And I think that's one of the reasons that we're friends and meant to be friends is because you have to find those people that have the same passion to push forward to their dreams. I'm so sure that that's why we're (laughs) we're meant to be talking Mm -hmm. even today. Mm -hmm. You mentioned doing kind of everything you can in your power, taking voice lessons, you know, taking different classes, making sure that you are the best version of you for when this theater world opens back up and how you want to step into the room and be confident. We talked a lot about confidence. (laughs) We could talk about confidence all day and how vital it is in the theater industry. I think I could say it's probably very important in most industries to present that confident front. Have you always been confident making sure you're selling your strengths or how did you become the person you are today? I was not a confident person. As a kid, I was always a very big personality. Um, So I seemed very confident, Mm -hmm. but it it was more, I just like entertaining. I just like, I'm a big personality, but in terms of confidence growing up, we grew up before people now were doing body confidence, you know, everyone's included. It's a really cool time. We're now mm-hmm. in regards to that. Back then, you know, we were seeing these women in magazines. We were told how to look. It, even growing up in high school and doing theater, it was like, you're either the blonde triple threat or you're not in it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I can't do that. <laughs> and so it took me a long time to get that confidence. And in college, you know, I was really getting some, but I was really focused on just learning about theater and not really thinking of building up my own confidence. And it was really not until after I graduated and stepped into the professional world where I realized what I needed to do to like be my best self in this career and out of this career. And it took a lot and it's still a work in progress. It's day to day. And you know, you have days where you're not feeling so hot. But when I first graduated, I just noticed I was going to these auditions and I was so nervous more than I'd ever been before. Mm -hmm. And I was not doing so well in the auditions. And I was really messing up in ways that like, it was baffling me. I didn't understand like why I was. And I, I really realized it's because of the way I'm walking into the room, the nerve vibes I'm giving off versus just being confident in who I am and just making it a little less of a big deal, if that makes sense. Like this audition is for fun and I'm excited to show them who I am and maybe they'll think I'm fun or cool or talented, but we'll see. Yeah. I think part of that also is selling your strengths and knowing what your strengths are and being just excited to share them and trust yourself. Because until you find those strengths, it's so hard to grasp onto that confidence. I always say that I'm more of a, an actor, <laughs> singer than dancer, <laughs> definitely lower on the dancing. I mean, I love dancing. I'll always dance. But it's also, you know, setting yourself up and going into an audition being like, okay, I need to be as good as the person that graduated with a dance BFA. Yeah, that's just not going to happen. You need to bring something else. Yeah, you're setting yourself up for failure. (laughs) You're not that person. 
Yeah, you're not that person. And it's not that you're going to fail at all. You just need to find what you need to bring. And finding that is like key. Yeah, I literally just had a conversation with my voice teacher about that. Like what your strengths are, be confident in that, sell that. Like you don't have to be like everyone else. If you don't belt your face off like Idina Menzel, but you're really good in your lower mix, or you're really good in your classical, or there's like so many things that can make a person stand out in their own way. And it's still, it's like, like I said, a day-to-day challenge, trying not to compare yourself to others, especially when you're in an audition, you hear them singing, warming up. Everyone is really good in this field. Everyone is good in in a way. They're they're good at something, at at marketing, at business, at singing, at acting, at dancing. Everyone has their strengths. And once you find your strength and you accept that that's your strength and you just be confident in that, you'll really excel. And I'm a big fan of like speaking things into existence. So like, I'm just Mm -hmm. walking around feeling confident, saying out loud, you know, I'm feeling confident. I'm going to go into this audition and do great and blah, blah, blah. And that really works. If you can think about it like that, you can really change your mentality and like set yourself up for just a confident, happier life career, even if it's just auditioning, like it's a totally different mindset. Yeah. And I think the other part of that is about the person next to you. And it's about how you decide to feel about them. When you hear that person singing before you, oh my gosh, they have a beautiful voice. How lucky am I that I get to be here hearing them and that we have the potential of working together on this project? Yes. It's as simple as switching, like you said, switching that mindset to not feeling down on yourself, sorry for yourself. Oh, I don't sound like that. Well, guess what? <laughs> You're not going to sound like that because yeah. that's not you. Right. And I feel like when you add that step in, you are a complete package of a great performer, a great collaborator, a great person, because you get to be excited for your fellow artists. And that is the best feeling. It takes a while to get there. And am I saying that I go into an audition and I always think that way? Uh, no. Okay. I'll even see a name on a list that I know and I'll be like, oh, well, shoot. oh gosh, I should probably just not even try. Right. But what the heck? <laughs> That's crazy. You just have to remember people want unique individuals. They want to see you. And like, I was told that since I was little and I didn't get it until I was in the professional field. Mm-hmm. They want to see you, your authentic self, like what your friends like about you more than just your talent. Cause everyone's going to go in. We've all worked on our talents and that's Fine. But your personality, they want to see who you are as an individual. What makes you unique? Don't sing the song like the original cast. Don't sing the song like the girl you've been listening to on YouTube. Sing it like how you sing it. Yeah. And also, kind of of unrelated, but just if you're after listening, sing songs you love to sing. Because that is something I didn't do. And then the last year in college, I was like, I've never sung a rock song for an audition, but I'm going to sing this one because all I do is listen to rock. And then that was the one that my peers were like, whoa, you should always do things like that. Like when you sing songs you love, you perform better. You're like, you're pumped about it. Like when you sing in the shower or in your car, you have to bring that energy into auditioning, into your life. Don't just like sing in your car vibes. Take those vibes and just walk around with them. Agree. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that so much. It's hard to know what you sound good at. And obviously some 
you know, some people go to school for it and learn through that or through their classes. Some people take voice lessons. I know I just started taking voice lessons uh, last year. Has changed my life 100%. I would say if you're going to invest in your career at all, there are a few things you can do. But one of them is definitely get yourself in front of a professional who can steer you in the right direction. If you're choosing audition songs and your auditions are not hitting as well as you think they could, sing them for someone in the field, sing them for someone you either trust or someone you don't know. Um, Make that investment. And I kid you not, like the songs that my voice teacher brings to me, I I don't listen to those kinds of songs. Yeah. But then when one clicks, I'm like, oh, this is what I should be singing always. And I'm trying to fit myself into maybe a different mold or Mm -hmm. a different type of character, a different type of show. When really all I needed was someone to hear my voice and say, oh, no, no, you should sing this. This will make you feel good. And when it makes you feel good, you're like, oh my God, like I can maybe sing a little bit. So I'd say get yourself in front of someone who can steer you in the right direction. So Marissa has dropped a lot of knowledge on us today. So we wanted to just review what we've talked about with a little roadmap to success. So here's Marissa's roadmap to success. The number one thing we talked about was finding your passion. You want to find what makes you excited happy, what gives you those vibes of when you're singing in the car and you're feeling passionate, what, whatever that is for you. If it's being around friends, if it's auditioning, if it's doing theater, doing a, a different career path, whatever that is, find it and make that your thing. Be big in it. Be bold. Don't hold back. Don't let other people's thoughts, judgments make you think otherwise. You find your passion and you, you run with it. Amazing. Okay. Number two would probably be find your strengths in that passion and in general. Find your strengths and and work towards being confident in them. You can work on things that you're not as strong in, but being confident in that my strengths are, are what make me different. Love it. And then number three, find your people. This is so important to be surrounded by people who are as passionate as you, add things to your life that make you want to be a better person, happier, drive you to your goals and dreams, whether they're just there for when you need to vent, when your happy times, find your group of people. And don't be afraid of adding people to your group at all times during your life. I feel like sometimes, especially when you're in a program at a school where, you know, you have your classmates, you have your theater friends, and you'll meet people along the way and meet people while you do different shows or while you do different projects. And just not being afraid to go further with someone if you see something in them that is drawing you in. We wouldn't be here today if we had just used, you know, that show as another experience, which it would also have been great. But also we had our eyes open and we were ready to receive this friendship. And that's the fourth thing we want to touch on again is that ability to be open and just be giving, which means a few different things. Yeah. Give back in that. Be open to these discussions. Talk to your friends about 
passions, hard topics. It kind of goes along with being open, being open and being able to give to others, give others your unique persona as they'll give you theirs and be open to those new relationships, new paths. Exactly. And while there is no actual roadmap to success. (laughs) These are just pieces that have stuck with us and helped us get to where we are today. And also being strong in your value of yourself. When we started the episode, Marissa introduced herself as a professional actor. And guess what? She freaking is. Is she working right now in a theater? No. But guess what? She has, and she will continue for the rest of her life. I don't think I've ever once called myself a professional actor because you are, but I, I mean, I've dedicated my life to this. I am, but it's one of those. You're working in the professional field. You're not working in the school field. You're a professional. And that's a big thing. Our actors, there are some who don't call themselves professionals or they say, oh, I'm nannying, but I also act. Nope. I'm a professional actor. Sky's a professional actor. You heard it here. (laughs) You heard it here first because she hasn't said it. But it's true. It's just bringing that sense of understanding of yourself, of your worth to the table. You'll succeed at anything you do. I would love to share a quote. Have you seen Bathtubs over Broadway? I haven't seen all. I would so highly suggest it. It relit something in me. I watched it this morning, so I'm like high on this energy. And I heard a quote from it. You should go back and finish it. I I wanted to share this quote because I feel like you are my first real theater guest, an artist, really. And it's a special thing to be an artist. It's a special thing to be in theater. And obviously, some people aren't in theater and won't understand this, but I just a little glimpse of what it's like. I believe this was said by Cheetah Rivera. And she said, should there be another lifetime, I would always come back and be in the theater because the theater is life. You talk to people, you tell them stories, you watch them enjoy it or be moved by it. You are a part of people's lives. To me, that just says it all. When you do theater, you're not alone. Oh God. Oh God. Do not stop, Scott. (laughs) I I got chills. That really is why we do theater. I've heard similar stuff when I was younger and I was like, that's not why. But now it, it is. That is why you tell these stories and I feel the same. If I were to die and come back a million times, I would always come back to theater. 100%. So whether you're a theater artist or you're just listening along and enjoying our conversation. Hopefully you got something from this and learned a little something. Wow, Marissa, this time flew by. I feel like we just hopped on this conversation, but thank you so much for talking to me today and talking to everyone out there listening to Beaming. I'm so happy that we got to hear a glimpse of your story. I'm so excited to see everything you do with your amazing career. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm sure you will be very close by to see that (laughs) career happen. And as I will be by to see yours. (laughs) I can't wait. Thank you. Thank you. 
You can follow along with Marissa at Kovachin on Instagram, K-O-V-A-C-H-I-N-E, or you can check out her website, marissakovach.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to Beaming this week. I'm so happy to have you here listening. Let me know what you're thinking of this show. You can DM me on Instagram or email beamingpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to look out for next week's episode and have a great day.